All right, welcome, welcome everybody. Welcome back to Embedding the Future of Finance. I'm your host, Jay Sailing, and excited to get going today. So I think it's it's important to quickly kind of reflect on what a year it was last year. Um, we saw a whirlwind of press releases, capital raises, regulatory action, M&A, and just a lot of bold predictions about this $7 trillion tag that's placed on the embedded finance category. I think what I'm really excited about this year is... Uh, the clarity we're seeing within the space. Um, not only are companies seeing the impact of launching new financial products and services to their customers, but business leaders are starting to see some of the legacy financial operations like payouts, rebates, or even promotional card offerings, seeing how they can be modernized by embedded finance technology. Um, in turn, you know, bringing them cost savings, new revenue, and just a better financial experiences for all parties. One of the biggest areas that I think we see impact here is within the consumer retail space. Um, as of late, we see the likes of Boost Mobile launch OmniMoney, Copel, which is Mexico's largest retailer, launch Copel Access, and they're joining the likes of Walgreens, who has their Scarlet program, and Dollar General with their SpendWell program. And these are all financial programs that are built on using embedded finance technology. So this is a really cool time for, for, for this category. So and today we're gonna be going down, we're gonna continue down that retail train. Uh, we're gonna go over some trends we're seeing in this space and most, and most importantly, talk about a few specific entry points for companies in the retail space who are looking to modernize the way that they run their financial products and services programs. And uh, today I have uh, a FinTech vet and Alvier's VP of Business Development and Strategy, Tim Dardis, joining me for this conversation. Tim, thanks for joining. How, how are you doing today? Hey, Jay, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Um, first podcast with you, so I'm excited to, uh, to rap a little bit about fintech and retail and whatever else we come up with. Yeah, totally. I we, I know we have a ton of good conversations off the mic, so I'm excited to I'm excited to get this going here. So so for, for the audience, um, I think it'd be great to start by giving them a little background on yourself, um, your evolution within the fintech space, and and uh, just your professional background. Sure, for sure. Yeah, I um, I got into the space uh, about fifteen years ago or so, over fifteen years ago now, I think. Um, and I started at a, a small startup in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, which is where I live now and where I'm from originally, um, called Cardinal Commerce. Uh, there's probably about 40 people there at the time uh, when I joined. And um, we were doing, uh, it was during, right in the beginning of like the early days of e-commerce boom, right? When, when retailers were starting to, to sell more and more online outside of the eBay world. And um, we were doing something called 3D Secure for FinTech experts. They, they, they know what that is, payments experts, but um, um, it's really an authentication pro platform for credit card transactions. And then we, we expanded to really uh, enable large, or not even just large, but tons of e-commerce retailers um, to enable that plus other payment brands like things like PayPal and Google Checkout and Amazon Pay, mm. which uh, and and you would be totally surprised at how many other payment brands <laughs> came <laughs> and uh, came and went uh, during those days. Um, 
And actually, Amazon Pay and Google Checkout also came and went during those days where they, they were not successful in their um, initial rollouts and and, um, and and you know kind of restarted those. Um, so, sure. I, so I started there, and then um, uh, from Cardinal, um, I went to PayPal, um, a couple another startup, and then and then PayPal, uh, and I spent the ten years prior to joining Alvier uh, at PayPal, really focused on. Um, uh, selling PayPal and then Venmo uh, over the time and, and mm-hmm. card processing through Braintree to large enterprises um, and, and really trying to find new verticals, right? At that point, you know, it was really any, you know, e-commerce retailer was pretty keen on accepting PayPal, but, you know, finding out new areas where digital payments were starting to bubble up a little bit more. Um, so the things like Uber and, and kind of online hotel booking and, um, ordering food online, which was kind of a, a novel idea back then, but is now it's weird if you don't order it online. Yeah. Uh, so worked with a lot of uh, the quick service restaurants and and uh, kind of did the different ordering apps and things like that. And so so did that, and then joined Alvier back and um, to really do uh, get get more into the embedded finance space, and it was a great fit for me, um, giving my experience with large retailers and just uh, when I met um, Yuval and talked about kind of the vision for Alvier of really empowering brands to offer financial services directly to their customers was something that was intriguing to me and, and has been ever since. And it's super exciting. So, so, you know, on the retail trend, I, I know that you were just at the national retail federations event um, back in like the middle of January, I believe. Um, and I just want to start by kind of getting your thoughts on there. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. First of all, yeah, that, I haven't been to that one in a while. So I, I've been there before, but I don't know why they still do that in New York city in January. <laughs> I, um, at the begin- it's a, it's a quick start to the beginning of the year. <laughs> seriously. Like, you know, I traveled all year and then it's like freezing cold and I'm like, all right, time to get going again. Right. <laughs> to the coldest place in uh, the u.s yeah so so but and it's it's chaos there right it is huge if you've been to the javits center in new york it's huge and usually when you go there like there's multiple conferences going around going on that's how big it is but yeah the nrf is like the whole thing right um so i probably saw like a third of the vendors and 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 what is showcased at that at that show i mean you need like literally multiple people to go around with like GoPros and, and take video of everything that they see. <laughs> but overarching theme that I saw and took away was technology, technology, technology. I mean, if, if you're not innovating and leveraging technology to do so as a retailer, um, you are going to be left behind. Right. And so, yeah. they, and that goes from the consumer facing technology right you know and think about the movies we've seen over the days with robots and 3d images and stuff like yeah. that which is probably like old news nowadays but like there's that consumer experience and experiential technology but then just the technology that that is in the back of the house enabling retailers to deliver effectively to the consumer to create good consumer consumer experiences like there is a lot of stuff you'd see about inventory management and, and being able to see what inventory is needed. Um, of course, and this has been a topic for years with Amazon's, you know, touchless stores and, and things like that. Mm. More and more technology 
you know, that's going to be, you know, rolling out over time to enable you to, you know, check out without checking out, right. And just leaving. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, this will ultimately go. Um, we spent a lot of time working with some of the grocery operators on, you know, checking out with, with uh, your phone, essentially scanning as you go. Um, that stuff's, there's so much technology out there that's not being leveraged yet and fine tuned. And, you know, there's always a time and a place when, when these things get released and then ultimately adopted. Because uh, there is, you run the risk of throwing out tech for the sake of tech and consumers don't mm-hmm. adopt it because they're just not ready. Right. And so, so I think that was a, an overarching theme that, that I would that say was, was everywhere um, at, at NRF that it's fun to, to look at all that stuff and to see what's going on. Yeah, totally. And I, I think, you know, as you continue on the road this year, you have uh, MAG coming up next. And and if I'm not mistaken, you're, you'll be speaking there, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so MAG is a merchant advisory group. It's a really yes. great group that um, mostly ex-retailers or uh, the people that run MAG are, are mostly uh, executives we're executives at, at large retail brands uh, in, in multiple categories, retail, restaurant, grocery, uh, convenience, et cetera. Um, and, and it's just a great, you know, I, we would, we attended mag when started to attend mag when I was at PayPal and starting to break into some of those new segments. And, and I just always thought it was a cool uh, event and just a really great group and very open to, to bringing, um, the vendors in and including them. Um, and so, yeah, they, they invited us to talk about uh, really how to, how to leverage financial services um, to capture first party data uh, on your mm. customers. So that's a big topic. Uh, if you're in marketing, um, which most people at MAG ironically are not in marketing, they're more in payments and fraud and risk. Um, but if you are in marketing, you're, you're, you know, one of the things on your radar and you're trying to solve for is the reality of third party cookies going away, uh, coming soon. Um, and, and, you know, what, what do you do when you don't have that information that you're essentially buying today to figure out where your customers or potential customers are browsing the web and, and showing interest when you can retarget them. Um, and so what, 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 what I'm talking about at mag and, and uh, theme I'm talking about is really finding new ways to capture first party data. And so one of those is, is certainly, through offering financial services to your customers in a, in a variety of different ways. Um, so that'll be, mm-hmm. that'll be interesting to, to talk about that with a bunch of, you know, payments and, and tech folks. Um, but it's really about letting or kind of talking to those groups about how they can help empower uh, the marketing norms um, that they work with on, on capturing new data. And then, you know, what do you do with that data to, to help, you know, drive value to your customers and ultimately to, their brand yeah you know as a marketer i can say all this all this talk about data privacy definitely um has creeped up into the top into the top of all of our meetings so you know looking at new ways to 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 learn more about your customer while at the same time creating more value for them you know you're it's not necessarily like getting them not to not to not to opt in on cookies but to to add as you're providing more value for them start to understand how you can um, better, you know, create better experiences for them. And I think financial services is a really cool way to do that. Absolutely. I mean, it's all about, like, if you're driving more value to your customers, they, they're they going to spend more money with you, 
it's as simple as that. And I think as we head into 2023 and beyond, right, with kind of the recession looming, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think the the biggest thing and and and, and many of the companies, uh, maybe not so much retailers, but just many companies cutting costs, um, looking at, you know, and, and even cutting people. Um, that's scary, right? And so I, I think what mm-hmm. we'll see more and more is, not, you know, not necessarily how do we, you know, get more customers, but how do we drive more value out of our existing customers? I mean, that's that's always the easiest approach, right? Is, is hey, what, what can we do with the ones that are already talking to us? Um, and, and, um, and, and extract more, more value out of them. And it starts by giving more value to them. Right. I think, you know, when you have someone loyal to your brand, they're, they're, they're definitely the best, the best first kind of launch point, especially for something like financial services. Um, and you know, this, this kind of segues into, uh, really well into the next thing that I want to talk about, which is going deeper into some of these trends. And, and one thing I see quite a bit is in, you know, within conversations in the retail space is talking about how can you look at um, ways to innovate that go beyond the physical goods that you provide people. And I think naturally, you know, naturally a lot of retailers are looking into the services space um, and how they can bolster their services to complement the physical goods that they sell keep those customers who are loyal, happy, and engaged um, in new ways. And, and services plays a huge role in that. And I think, you know, naturally where we play financial services within that um, can have a huge impact on, you know, whether it's customer experiences, so creating better checkout experiences or retention when it comes to rewards or anything like that. So I kind of want to dive into uh, to the, to, to the role that financial services can play for retailers who are looking to kind of bolster their services um, portfolio? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, the best way to, to kick off a conversation around that is talking about is, is, is talking about examples of brands, companies that have done a really good job at that, right? Um, it's You can point yes. to the airlines, right? The Uniteds of the Worlds and, and things like that that have created, you know, a ultimately, you know, arguably one of the best loyalty programs in the world tied to, you know, points and credit card earnings and things like uh, associated with financial services at the end of the day. Um, That's, that's really what it is. Um, uh, uh, More on the retail front, arguably the most successful loyalty program in the history of loyalty programs would be Starbucks. Um, I, I personally had multiple conversations with other brands trying to figure out how can we be like Starbucks, right? They have, you know, over a billion dollars sitting in prepaid funds getting ready to be spent on coffee. Um, yeah. You know, and, and that's, that is, um, it's financial services, right? They're, they're, they're providing value to the customer. If they load those funds, they get more stars, they get more free coffee. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's tied to financial services and, and, um, and so, you know, it's it's the, the idea of, of enhanced embedded finance services is really it's not new. It's just the, the what's because it's been done in, in that in that sense. But what's available mm-hmm. today is so much different than than what was even available three years ago. Right. Um, and the ability to really you know, take advantage and, and leverage you know, a, a, a software company that can that is licensed and regulated and, and really hand, handles all the nonsense that, that, that essentially financial services companies or banks are exposed to, 
um, and, and, mm-hmm. and just um, tying yourself to that as a brand, it opens up possibilities that never existed. Yeah, the ability to tie a financial, I mean, Starbucks is everybody's North Star for sure when it comes to rewards programs, right? But I think, you know, what they did was they made the financial service um, almost a background mm-hmm. effect to 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 what bringing value to their customers really was and at the end of the day you know they're they're providing um they're providing accounts for customers to top up funds and get coffee right and 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 get higher rewards but what what happens on the back end to make that happen um you know as you were saying two or three years ago was was kind of challenging um there are a lot of moving parts a lot of partners you had to connect with a lot of integrations state by state regulations and there's a lot that goes into to launching something as simple and and seemingly perfect as what starbucks has but you know with 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 advances in embedded finance technology i you know it's it's a really cool opportunity for you know almost all of these consumer retailers who are looking to be like starbucks to look at this technology and be like this is a this is a clear path forward for you to get to this baseline and then once you're there you're able to really, you know, find what works for your customer base and see if there's an opportunity to innovate. And I think that that's really cool about, you know, embedded finance technologies. It, it gives you that launch point, initial launch point, and then kind of the world is yours when it comes to, to the way that you want to retain and create long-term value. Yeah, I think so. The, the launch point is key, right? So, the, uh, you know, how many loyalty programs the uh, you're probably a member of, as am I, right, that you have... <laughs> bought three and you have to buy five to get one free and you don't even remember which one it is because you're just not really <laughs> as a consumer, especially in today's world, right? You, you forget. Um, it's, it's impossible to keep people's attention um, as long as you need to, to, to get them engaged with, with you know, your loyalty programs and things like that. And, and financial services brings a whole nother level to, to that that does drive engagement, right? I mean, uh, I remember at PayPal when we enabled buy sell crypto within the PayPal platform, people that owned cryptocurrencies, even if it was $5 worth of Bitcoin, Jay, they were checking the PayPal app daily, sometimes three times a day, just to see if the price went up, right? Um, and so that's just like indicative of when there's a financial instrument tied to it or there's some sort of perceived value and red money, money is everything right then then mm-hmm. consumers are more inclined to engage with it and that's and and, it, and, and that's where financial service like that's it, where embedded finance really has that that strong i think value proposition both to the to the brand and the retailer or the business and and the consumer you know or the customer employee whatever it might be because you can you can create experiences that have a perceived value or, or a real real value to them um, in terms of monetary value, right? And that will ultimately engage the customer. I mean, you know, Starbucks is, as a perfect example, you know, they're expanding, right? I mean, they're, they're launching their Odyssey program, which is associated mm-hmm. with NFTs, which is a buzzword for non-fungible, I mean, it's non-fungible token. It's, it's, it has intrinsic value, right? It, 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 it ultimately, they're going to be issuing these NFTs and they're going to have some sort of a value, whether it be a free coffee or, something and, and associated with this experiential journey that the customer has to go on. Um, so they're expanding that and it's all related to financial services at the end of the day. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool point you make. And I think that that goes to that, that, that opportunity of, you know, once you're at that baseline, how do you innovate? And I think, you know, again, Starbucks is such a great example of trying new things and, and really pushing the envelope when it comes to being able to, to capture rewards. And what's so cool about it is at the end of the day, it's all related to a cup of coffee. Um, it's but, crazy. You People know, do value yeah. a cup of coffee way more than they should. <laughs> it's because, because it's those experiences. Yeah, it's those experiences that are associated with it, you know. And, and I think that the more retailers and consumer retailers and companies can get into this mindset of like um, – you know, people, people like experiences and people like creative ways to, to, to be loyal to a brand beyond, you know, just as you were saying, those blanket rewards programs that, that can be just become noise. You know, you almost, you get push notifications and emails every day about it. And you're like, this is no different than any other one that, that, that I, that I see that out I there. Already so, have. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's forgettable, right? It's, it's, mm -hmm. It's very forgettable. I, I, I say this a lot when I'm talking to different folks and retailers and just industry um, people. Is I just think loyalty programs are so antiquated. They have not been innovated in forever, right? And and I think that's – I really do think that a trend or what we're, we're going to start seeing is, is loyalty programs much more tied to a financial instrument rather than mm -hmm. the, buy, the buy five or buy ten, get one free type of thing. Um, that's just not going to do it anymore. And, and I think that, you know, we're going to see a lot of um, interesting programs come out that, that um, really tie back to, to a financial service. I mean, you think about it, it's all perceived value, right? Um, that's the whole notion of airline loyalty is, you know, mm -hmm. I, I value this idea of a free flight and I'm willing to take 50 flights on the same, same airline, even though it's not convenient sometimes. <laughs> get one free flight for this perceived value of something because it's a vacation, right? And so I value that more. Yep. Um, we've talked to some some brands. I know you know you mentioned in the beginning, Boost Mobile. They're 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 providing mm -hmm. this, this you know new their customers now with the ability to open up a bank accounts and money internationally. Um, and 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 once you have that relationship, you can expand on it. And hey, if you you know do this with us, we can you know pull this lever and, and you know if you upgrade your phone plan to an unlimited plan, we'll give you a free remittance to to you know Mexico or whatever it might be. Like they're able to really drive loyalty, you know, reduce churn out of out of that program, but which they wouldn't have that ability without the, the financial service offering that they're that they're enabling. Um, we've talked about this uh, before, just like other brands like Home Depot or Lowe's, like, you know, if they were able to give their customers even the simple savings account, right? Of just, hey, if you shop with us, you know, you can open a Home Depot Home Depot account, link your paycheck to it, put one percent in for that bathroom remodel, you know, and we'll we'll add, you know, a certain percentage of it if you spend it all at Home Depot. Like they can they can ultimately provide like this tool for their customers to save up for a renovation or whatever it might be. Give them some value to it. Guarantee that money at the end of it, right? Uh, because if you're saving the money with Home Depot, you're ultimately going to spend it with them. I mean, it all starts with having that financial relationship and providing value to the customer. So I think it, there's a million different examples, you know, that I think um, could be leveraged uh, or used um, that they really are anchored on that that financial relationship. Yeah, yeah you know, it's... Um 
that that's a really interesting point you brought up. I, I remember uh, very recently we published an article. Um, you can check it out on 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 Alvier's blog about kind of what's what's next after buy now pay later, and and the idea of like um, offering savings accounts that that you can um, push money into for future purchases is a great way to too. to get customers engaged with you. If you know, especially if you have kind of like higher ticket items. It's a, it's a really cool opportunity for people to not have to like take, not, not have to go down that buy now, pay later, go into debt and, and, and yet still get the same value out of the brand. Um, but look at it at a, at, at a different light. And I think that that's a really cool way of, of, of thinking about, again, financial services roped into a brand that will definitely evolve over time. Yeah. I mean, Another one like uh, vacationing, we talked about, you know, I didn't put Airbnb. I was just thinking about this the other day. You know, if they offered some sort of a, a roundup program and, and the savings program where they'll they'll give you interest and, you know, you put 50 bucks in there every every month and, and you know, they'll, they'll provide you interest on it. And then you'll get ten, if you use that money on your next trip, you know, you'll get 10 percent off like. They're able to, you know, earn money off of that. They're able to provide you with interest and, and then give you a value. But they're essentially doing what Starbucks is doing, which is getting you to prepay for your vacation. Exactly. Uh, and, you exactly. know, and, 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 yep. and providing that 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 um, that service uh, to do that. So I think that there's brands will come up with their own really cool ideas. But I think the the the, the centering point or the, the, is all going to be like, how does it tie back to a, a financial instrumental? And um, yeah, that, that, to to keep people engaged and, and excited, right? Yeah, of course. I know um, I talked to a, a, a company, and just another example of that um, they launched. It's called Grover, actually, out of Germany. They launched. Um, they do like uh, electronic um, leasing, right? If you want an iPad for your vacation, for your three kids, want an iPad. Let's just say you don't want to buy three <laughs> iPads, but you have a sixteen-hour flight to New Zealand. You can actually just just rent one rent three of them for a week oh, right? wow. and then send it back. They launched something called the Grover card where um, it's, a, it's a debit card and you use it anywhere you want. Uh, you can link your bank, your external bank account to it, use it anywhere. And they'll give you three, 5% Grover cash back. Um, so essentially they're giving you cash back to be spent on Grover. So they're locking in sales and you're doing nothing different other than just spending a debit card and, and earning more money. So that's um, another interesting approach that um, they've had a lot of success with for sure yeah yeah i mean finding new ways to guarantee future sales that's a it's kind of it. you know that's a it's a great kind of mantra for, for 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 retail brands looking at financial services i mean it's such a good instrument to do that um so so let's say that you know where you know so let's say you're not a starbucks right or you're you're at the very kind of beginnings of of your loyalty evolution um, maybe you've tried a few things in the past they haven't really hit um, where are some opportunities like that 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 a company like that could look at embedded finance technology and say okay let me try it this way because i can really rope this into to the way that that my current customers will like and i can get creative and um, and, and really try uh, try and launch something new that's compelling to my customers. Yeah. Look, I don't think, yeah, I think that there's a lot of different kind of ways to, to think about it. Like sometimes 
brands and, and companies that we talk to are intimidated by the, this idea of, of having a financial relationship with their customers because it sounds mm. uh, like, oh my God, I'm, I'm not a bank. I don't want to. I don't want them to hate me or something like that. But it, but it's that's <laughs> kind of a you know because people generally right there's yep. they don't love their yep. bank. It's not it's not a thing that people are like. It's a necessary about. evil. Yeah, right. So, so I think you, you know, taking take that out, right? That's not really what you're doing, right? It's it's hey, you know, customer, if you you know sign up for our loyalty and and you know link your your bank account here, we will for you know we'll deposit Bitcoin into or crypto into your account because you have to create it with them that has value, um, and it could be a virtual card, right? I mean, we don't need physical cards anymore. Um, that's just a reality of the, the today's world, right? You can have it. And so, so you, the more you shop with us, we'll deposit, you know, crypto into your account that you've created with us. And, and that has crazy amount of, of perceived value um, that could go up. Um, and so you're, you're not boiling the ocean. You're providing an avenue for them to earn and, and, and track their rewards with you. Um, and it is a financial relationship at the end of the day, and you can totally expand from there. They can then you can say, hey, if you want to, you can sell that crypto and convert it to cash that'll be on your, you know, debit card now, and um, and just keep that that wheel kind of going. Um, but it, but at the end of the mm-hmm. day, it's not like you're replacing their bank or doing anything outlandish, right? It's just a, another way of of um, of providing them with some some sort of value that keeps them engaged, right? Because when you given them a, you know, a piece of a Bitcoin, like now they're kind of interested and they want to get more and, you know, see what happens. Uh, at least now that things are on the moving in the right direction, people are yeah. starting to see <laughs> green. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I have a, I have a um, cool stat about that. So crypto card linked programs grew 11 times faster than traditional ones. Which just yeah. kind of goes to show you, you know, it's like finding finding interesting ways to keep people engaged. And I mean, that goes that goes as far that that goes into app uh, daily app usage. Um, that goes into so many different components of, of of retention and loyalty. And you know, those it's really interesting to to think about. You know, like when when, when you're able to enable a customer to hold funds in in your app yeah. and while at the same time give them a reason beyond buying something to check to check in on that app i mean that it's it's such an engaging thing and especially you know with with, yes. with something like crypto or equities or you know what however however else you want to you, you want to create rewards it's like it's it's almost a daily open just to you know just to see where you're at and, and and ultimately, you know, what, from the brand's point of view, an opportunity to engage with them and get them, whether it's back in the store, buy something online, it's a, yeah. you know, these these are these are utility levers that I think can become super valuable for for a company. And and just like you've been saying, it all comes back to tying tying into a financial instrument at the very kind of you know back end helm helm of it all. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the core. Yeah, and I think it it. it um... You know, there's a lot of entry points to doing that, and, and and you know, it also you can partner with. You know, I think we've all seen like card linked offers, um, and, which are pretty ubiquitous now. If you have a card, you know, you go to your with a with a regular bank or a debit card with a regular bank or credit card, you know, you'll see you get three percent off at Amazon this month, and and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but if you if you as a brand can can own that financial relationship, not the bank, but the brand, that that empowers you to go 
do these partnerships with other brands um, that aren't competitors, but maybe they're complementary, right? Um, and and um, you know, take the Starbucks, you know, the, the take that Starbucks example again. What if um, you know they and we, we've we've written about this in a blog, but what if they made their mm-hmm. their Starbucks card and you could create an open loop card where it's not just available at Starbucks but beyond um, Starbucks and and now those journeys that they're taking you on, you can actually include target which they already have a partnership with target right i mean there's a lot of starbucks and target right but if your mm-hmm. journey if you if you go use your starbucks card elsewhere right um then you can earn a free cup of coffee and so it, it expands their reach provides more utility to the customer right and it whereas they don't have to buy like you know six frappuccinos and a, two bakery goods like they can actually do what they do to help earn coffee and and um and that's it it's really kind of cool. Uh, the, 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 the opportunities are, are pretty limitless. I think when, when, uh, when you plug into a financial services offering. Yeah, of course. And I mean, ju- to, to your point about this, like kind of partner ecosystem, I think it's it, like where the innovation comes is it's your start, you know, as a, as a brand, you're, you're getting value from your customer visiting, you know, other retailers and other, other right. brands and, 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 that's you know that's been something you're always trying to get someone back in your store or buying from you but being able to use a financial service to capture value from outside your four walls and in fact in somebody else's four walls is is a huge innovation and it and at the end of the day it's it, it's a great value to the customer which is most important it creates better customer experiences um, and ultimately I mean the customer lifetime value is is much higher when you're not so kind of uh, focused on getting someone in your four doors, uh, sorry, four you're, walls, but you're creating value beyond just your brand or beyond just consumption at your brand. Exactly. And, and what is the, the driving force is, is always, I sound like a broker record a little bit, but financial services, right? <laughs> the only companies that have been able to do that thus far, right, are payment companies, right? Where they're touching mm-hmm. the consumer everywhere that consumer goes, um, whereas, you know, embedded finance is, is, is giving that power to brands. Um, and that's never been done before. And it really is, uh, the, the future is pretty, pretty cool. And that's where the $7.2 trillion number comes from because, yeah. uh, you know, there, there's a lot that could happen here. Um, and I'm sure Jay, you and I haven't even scratched the surface on, on what the, the opportunities will, will end up being. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it sounds like we just dipped into a little bit of what you might be speaking about at mag talking about how customer <laughs> data from, from outside your four walls can, uh, what you can sure. bring to a brand. Yeah. <laughs> Teen it up. Well, um, well, Hey, I, you know, we're, we're almost at time now and I, uh, I really appreciate you, you, uh, coming on and talking to me about this stuff. I think that there's a lot of value that, you know, a lot, of, a lot of launch points that, that, that retailers can, can just logically think of from this conversation. So, um, is there anything else that you kind of want to mention or? No, I think this is awesome. This is really uh, fun, fun, fun yeah. first time for, for me, Jay. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Well, Hey, first of many, first of many. All right. Good stuff. All right. Well, Hey, thanks Tim. Um, Thank and you. thanks everyone for listening and, and we'll see you next time. Embedding the Future of Finance is brought to you by Alvier, the leading embedded finance technology platform that allows the world's top brands to do more for their customers, fans, and employees. For more information, check us out at alvier.com and follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter for the latest updates, guides, and more.